This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Alex Smythe. The Tripping On Air podcast brings you a closer look into the lived experiences of MS with host Ardress Shepard. The podcast recently dropped an episode about a concept known as smoldering MS. Ryan Delahanty is, the AMI, uh, is AMI's podcast coordinator, and he is here to give you a sneak peek into the latest episode. Good morning, Ryan. How are you doing? Good, good. Great to be here with you, Alex. How are you today? I'm doing well, Ryan. So this latest episode is it's titled What the Heck is Smoldering MS? So what is it talking taking a look at? What is smoldering MS there, Ryan? Well, ever wondered why your MS seems to be getting worse, even though you're not having any relapses, your MRI is stable, but you feel anything but on the February 9th edition of Tripping on Air, hosts Ardra Shepard and Alex Hajar speak with Dr. Jiwon Oh of the Barlow MS Center in Toronto, and they discuss what smoldering MS is and what can be done about it. Whether you're hearing about smoldering MS for the first time or looking for the latest in scientific research, uh, you should not miss this episode. And so let us know, like, what is smoldering MS? Because I hadn't heard of it in, uh, until I saw the script and, and saw this segment. And it's like, oh, I had no idea what this is. Uh, so smoldering MS, it's really been a hot topic recently and describes the phenomenon of multiple sclerosis patients experiencing a gradual worsening of the condition, but one that is often not reflected in medical exams. So they, you know, make comparisons to the smoldering campfire. It's still it's still burning. It's still there, but it's not necessarily flaring up and reaching, you know, crisis uh levels where you need to intervene. And so in the episode, Dr. Jiwon Oh, who is a foremost expert on the subject, uh, being staff neurologist, scientist, and medical director of the Barlow Multiple Sclerosis Program at St. Michael's Hospital, as well as associate professor at the University of Toronto, specializing in the care of people living with MS. And uh, so Dr. O's research focuses on developing advanced MRI techniques in the spinal cord and brain for use in clinical studies and is recognized internationally with the work that she's doing um, with a bunch of different organizations. And uh, she is deeply committed to caring for people with MS, educating future generations of clinicians and scientists, and contributing to developments that will drive the field forward. And you mentioned uh, Dr. O. Uh, we have a clip uh, from uh, the the episode where uh, she talks about strategies to help mitigate smoldering MS. So let's have a listen. It sounds maybe like while we wait for treatments, a lot of the strategies to help mitigate smoldering MS are the same kind of strategies that you would employ to um, mitigate the facts of aging in general. Is that true? Absolutely. 
So, you know, I, I always say um, in clinic, um, while we're waiting for treatments to become available that can actually target smoldering MS, in the meantime, the best things you can do is maintain a healthy lifestyle. And so I say, in general, what's good for um, your general neurological health? So all of these things like, you know, sleeping well, eating well, a Mediterranean diet has been shown in many, many different disease states um, to be really healthy. Um, and not even in um, disease states, in just, you know, normal aging. Um, it's such a kind of healthy target. And then, um, you know, keeping your mind and your body active. Um, and these are all the things that, um, regardless of whether you have a chronic disease or not, it's amazing for me to see sometimes, you know, at the age of 60, the different trajectories that people's, um, you know, general health takes. And this is based on just like, decades of habits, you know, and so, um, you know, all of these healthy living principles, regular exercise, having a great social network, keeping your mind active and interested, all of these things are essential for maintaining um, brain health, um, particularly as you get older. I love these tips because these are things that are within our control while we wait for science to catch up. So that is Tripping on Air and the new episode of Airs and our released the second Friday of each month. And you can find the podcast on YouTube by searching at Tripping On Air Podcast, or you can also subscribe through your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, now, another uh, podcast you wanted to profile, uh, Ryan, was The Pulse, hosted by Juwita Gupta. In her most recent episode, she explores the challenges of, uh, for persons with disabilities when it comes to emergency preparedness. So what is explored within this latest episode? So definitely a timely episode after all the snow we've received here in Atlantic Canada the past couple weeks. And this has, over the last few years, been quite a, a hot topic in the region. So I was really pleased to see Joita interviewing uh, somebody from Halifax here and uh, about emergency preparedness for people with disabilities, where she's talking to Caitlin Lowe, who is policy researcher at McKechn Institute for Public Policy at Dalhousie University. And so there's a lot of really important topics and aspects of this subject addressed in the conversation looking at having, you know, your go bag, your emergency supply kits, and some of the accessibility issues with that, um, the barriers that exist in emergency transportation and housing. So can you actually get to that emergency shelter? Once you get there, is it accessible to you? And, uh, you know, a critical aspect, effective communication during a crisis, and then really tailoring the services to the nuance of local communities and making sure that, you know, there's not this what's perceived as a one-size-fits-all that maybe doesn't make sense in certain regions or uh, situations. Absolutely, and we have a clip uh, from this episode as well, so let's give it a listen. Within the past two years, I've definitely seen the conversation around vulnerable persons registries um, evolve more and more, and that's particularly in the context of Nova Scotia, where um, it was really looked at in the follow-up to uh, Fiona, and now many different municipalities uh, in Nova Scotia have essentially implemented uh, their own versions of vulnerable persons registry or voluntary vulnerable persons registries, and more and more communities are looking to do the like. And a lot of it comes from the fact that uh, municipalities lead emergency response, so it really it starts with the local governments. Um, and again, that can play into the capacity issues, the how information is stored, how securely is it stored, 
Um, and often um, the best practices is really to try and limit as much as possible who can access the data and try and make sure it's as secure as possible. And that also people um, who are signing up for the service uh, fully understand um, what, what it is that they can expect uh, from signing up on this service. So I think uh, Halifax, for example, has done a really good job and many of the Nova Scotia communities have sort of tried to follow the same suit in the sense of like um, by put, stating very clearly that by um, putting yourself on the registry, you're sort of providing information about what your needs are in emergency to help with prioritization. But putting yourself on the list doesn't necessarily guarantee immediate support. So there's a lot of risk in sort of managing um, those expectations. And so new episodes of The Pulse air on AMI-audio at 2 p.m. Eastern Time every Saturday. You can find the video podcast on YouTube by searching The Pulse AMI, or you can visit ami.ca slash The Pulse for links to all the audio podcast platforms for the show. Ryan, this is great. It's always lovely chatting with you. Thank you so much for bringing these two uh, um, kind of previews to, to us and have yourself a wonderful day. And hopefully you're, you're not too covered in snow yet out there in Halifax. I think it's happening again tomorrow, but hopefully we'll be okay. And thanks so much for having me. That was Ryan Delahanty, who is AMI's podcast coordinator. So coming up tomorrow on the show, green hydrogen is becoming a renewable energy alternative. And Lawrence Gunther explains how it can exist in the move away from fossil fuels. But that is now with Dave Brown, airing weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on AMI-tv and in audio on AMIplus.ca. I just want to quickly thank our guests today, Marco Pasqua, Michelle McQuig, Amy Amanti, Sean Priest, and you just heard from Ryan Delahanty. So we had a great show. It's the end. I want to thank you all. I'm Alex Smythe. I'll be with you all week filling in for Dave as he recovers after the Super Bowl. So be sure to tune in. We're going to have some great conversations throughout the week. Until next time, take care. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.